This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where? They're celebrating spring with some uh, awesome ingredients for your spring recipes. And not only that, they have the recipes online, Court. Easily one of my favorite things about Zupans.com is the great recipes that uh, you can find there. They are constantly updating them. They've they've uh, created these recipes themselves oftentimes. And so there's great pictures, great presentation, great descriptions. We have this. There's a pasta one from a couple of years ago that is still a go to at least once once a month in my family. Thanks to Zupans. Well, the best part about that is the recipes have ingredients you just grab at Zupans. So you don't go somewhere and go, oh, I can't find this. They're all going to be there. Yep. And, and really special things from not only locally sourced uh, products, but around the world. Uh, I personally know because we've done inventories of what they have from Sicily and other parts of Italy. And it's incredible the, um, the, the work, the, the lengths that they go to to provide some of the best products from around the world. So um, that is fantastic. On top of that, they have really cool events where you can expand your food horizons. And I'm just going to, do you mind, Court, if I read off just a quick list of the April events? And some of them, by the time people will have listened to this, might have passed. But now you know to subscribe to the, the news feed at Zupans so you will know in yeah. the future what these are. By all means, uh, Chris, not, have at it. I'm not going to give specific dates. You can go on Zupans and look, but I'm just going to read off some of the things, the events that they have there that are really cool. You can sign up for a Namasake tasting. They have, I love this, Querciabella wine tasting. So uh, that is some, you know, that's Tuscany wine that you can you can try there and that employs vegan biodynamics. Go learn what that is. Uh, port and cheese. Beer 101, this is Ales, Wilderton Botanical Tasting, and then Beer 101, the Beers of Germany, and then, again, this is going into later months, which you can still do, Beers of Belgium, and then Ales versus Kettle Sours. Those are things that I think a lot of people would like to do. It's a nice little pastime. What else are you doing other than maybe watching sports and getting out and hiking? All right. So many great reasons for you to stop by your local Zupans markets. Three locations to serve you. You've got West Burnside McAdam, Lake Oswego, and of course, biggest recommendation is to go where? Zupans.com. Right, here it is time once again it is portland's food scene podcast right at the fork with your host chris angeles from portland food adventures i'm co-host with a slight tan court johnson and we may we could even mention our guest this week is as he coined it the joey bishop of right at the fork which most people wouldn't know but gary Okazaki has been on this podcast more than anybody else so he could almost be i wouldn't call him a sidekick Right. You're the sidekick. I'm the sidekick. Yeah, but no, what would... So, the band leader. He's the band leader. There we go. <laughs> and, and, and oftentimes, the band leader is the coolest guy in the room. Well, always right. the coolest guy in the room. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. If, yeah, is Gary cool? Sometimes I, I, I think he's really cool, and then sometimes I think he's the antithesis of cool. Well, I, which, is, which also makes him that much cooler. 
Exactly. That's why. Isn't that He's when, such a food nerd. Right. Yeah. When people started realizing that, I mean, that's the whole thing you try to teach your kids is like, you don't try to be cool. You try not to be cool. And that's what makes you cool. Right. Exactly. So. Well, so in this context, there's nobody cooler when it comes to knowing the Portland food scene, or at least in that I know of the world food scene. Gary has, has, he's not doing it as he's not doing it anymore dining around the world but as far as context goes gary's got it down he's uh if you you i'll leave it as a teaser you need to listen to this episode to hear how many places gary's gone and he only talks about you know one time he only cites the numbers in terms of i've been there but he's been places multiple times yeah which i would have said you know if i've been to three star michelin restaurants um you know, for me, it's two times, but I could make it 10 by saying I've been to some places multiple times. So he doesn't do that. But at any rate, Gary joins us. It's always fun to catch up with him. And the, what he was doing this time is catching up on the cheap meals uh, posts that he's been doing on his Gary the Foodie Instagram. And uh, so he runs through with us where to get, uh, where to dine for under 10 bucks, under $15 and under 20, which is, you know, increasingly a tough thing to do Mm -hmm. nowadays. And then uh, this is a little disclaimer. I was going to ask this to be edited out. One more of my tipping diatribes. However, since it made national news recently in the last week, I think it was USA Today, and then it got picked up by a lot of outlets, the uh, people getting wary of tipping. And I won't explain it. You know, I got here why I think it's a deal, but I talk about it with Gary, and I was glad to hear Gary kind of agreeing with me. And so if someone's going to agree with me, we don't edit that out. Right. Yeah, there we go. Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, everybody loves conversations where people just agree with each other. Those are the best exactly. Kind of conversations. Same thing with political discussions. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. You put something out there. If someone disagrees with you, they piss you off. But. I think the reality, though, Chris, is is it it. it it, it's a reoccurring theme and I know you've, you were, you know, you're bringing this up because you were wary of it. Maybe this shouldn't be there because, but, but these are real conversations. I mean, there's family conversations with my extended family just recently via text where we were talking about ticks, uh, tipping and then you know e- even in person what the appropriate tip amount, because I'm s- suddenly start hearing that 25% is now the more, is is the way to go and I'm, it, I'm trying to clench my teeth no i know it, it, it but but, but it, it goes beyond this and maybe this is not where you wanted to go but I, I these conversations are happening i was trying to order something on the internet for my dog it was like a dog toy <laughs> and it literally had tip our staff i'm like why yeah. am i tipping the staff like uh, there you it, go. it does ma- it makes zero sense Pay to your- me Pay your staff, and if you need to raise the prices, ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent. That that's that's what it comes down to: is do you make the adjustment there instead of wasting it on your customer? It. And like you know, I, I don't know, you know. And I, and I have my oldest daughter works at a she works at one of those boba tea shops, and mm-hmm. you know we have conversations with her about tipping, and you know she's kind of learned um, what customers tip and what the, who don't, and she you know she's trying not to to you know carry any baggage about it but it's you know it's just one of those things where it's like you know there's this expectation now to to tip 
for counter service at a, at the same level that you tip for somebody that's waiting on you for an hour and a half. Right. And that's exactly. just bizarre to me. Yeah, no, it is to me and not to get going again, but I mean, it just keeps coming up with me. Yesterday, after I recorded this with Gary, I went to get to a local place here in uh, either Manzanita, Wheeler or Nehalem, not to mention it, and just got, you know, a, a pastry and a couple of things and they turn around the square and there it is, minimum tipped to put it in a bag and hand it to me. 17% is the one on the left, mm. 20 and 25 and by the way, you know, I don't care. On $8, really, you know, who cares? It's not that much. But it's still, I'm just, don't make me do the math and think about it. Just raise the price and right. do it. Yeah. And so I, that's what I think. And it's, you know, we, we can blame Square and all those things. Sure. That's why this happens. Yeah. And so the bottom line is, Jesus, we weren't going to do this. <laughs> court and i wasn't going to do it but the bottom line is this has this has this has rolled over to those restaurants you were citing where they wait you know they give you service for an hour and a half two hours and people are now by the time they get to that restaurant they are they've already seen a tip line four times that day yeah and they're sick of tipping and or they may not be sick of tipping but they're wary of it they're just like god everything's a tip and so by the then the restaurants that deserve the tips they're the ones that are uh, oh my god i'm gonna stop <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. It's, it's crazy. It's Chris Angeles unplugged, unfiltered. It's the guy on. It's the guy on the lawn, and yelling, I really yeah. support restaurants. I want everybody, and I I'm, I don't feel I'm a cheap guy. It's all about make just put turning it around and saying here you. You cover this, and you think about it, mm-hmm. and that's all it is for me. I don't mind the the amount. Really, it's yeah. the it's the just the way it works and that's what i think most people are pissed off about now is you as you said buying a dog toy or whatever you were buying yeah yeah what's interesting is you know um and this we're belaboring this but you know i just got back from a eight or nine day uh vacation down in mexico and as many people know cost of living in mexico is significantly cheaper than here and so the the meals are significantly cheaper and so we tried to go out of our way um to to make sure we were giving hefty tips because not that these were life-changing tips but when you look at like what the average daily wages oftentimes we were tipping that amount if not double that amount just because um you know it was good service it it was good food but it was just like um, and you're on vacation, and we're on, and we're on vacation, and it feels good. Yeah, um, exactly. And you want to do that for. And somebody. when you're and when you're dealing with foreign money like pesos, it feels like monopoly money. And it, you, you know, I I kind of entered that realm where I'm just like, eh, whatever. Here's 200 pesos. You know, not not, not realizing it was like, you know, I guess it was 10, 10 bucks in my mind. It was just, it was just play money, but. Yeah, well, anyway, that was the short little disclaimer. I I go a little further. I just want to say uh, I had a listener suggest to me, and Gary has suggested in the past, and even he mentions it when I ask him in this podcast to to roll off his favorite pizza places in Portland. I went to the former Ned Ludd, which is now Cafe Oli on MLK, Mm -hmm. the other day after I recorded with Gary. And uh, by the way, I had an excellent pizza. And I was glad to see there was no, I asked him, there's no tip line. Oh, no, 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 it's included. The service charge is included. Um, And I was happy about that. But then I talked to the server about that. And she said, there are a lot of people 
that are pissed off that an automatic 20% is offered when we're really busy and sometimes we can't get to things the way we used to. So there it is. You yep. know, you can't win. You just can't win. Right. But at any rate, I won because the pizza was great. And if I hadn't had this podcast, I may not have gone to Cafe Ali. Same thing with the people listening to today. Gary's got a lot of great suggestions. Um, and I hope you people visit them. And when they visit them, I think they should all tag Gary the foodie and food podcast pdx and even portland food adventures i would wouldn't mind that that would be good um i love to see those tags on uh, on my instagram but at yeah. any rate lots of great suggestions from gary here and always a, a pleasure he and i you know i really enjoy him we are we are podcast friends now. It's hard to get him to go out to eat because he's always got something planned. I asked him if he wanted to go to Cafe Ali with me or even dinner that night. And no, he was busy. But then I saw him posting that he was at Con. I didn't get an invite to Con mm. to go. and I wouldn't have been able to go anyway. But um, anyway, uh, so that's that. Um, yeah, we should get into this. There's nothing else to say, really. We've said enough. Yep. We, if we still have listeners. And by the way, listeners, subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. It's a, good, it's a good way to make friends. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. And by... In Oregon, flavor is not just about food, but about character, freshness, and sustaining this beautiful place. Our fishermen continue to work hard to bring that flavor to all families who care about good food and healthy eating. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. Got a lot of Not really. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, according to you, I can't, I can't believe how much I see you out to eat. Um, uh, well, yeah. It's quite often, my friend. Do you ever eat at home anymore? You know, I eat, I eat out less now than I did three or four years ago. Well, when I was traveling, that's different. I'm not even counting that. Right. Just, you know. But so you're down to one or two dinners a night now as opposed to three or four? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Um, honestly, 2000, let's just use 2000. I'm just using 2011 through 2017. I was out 
probably five days a week, and now it's probably two, two or three. You know, it's it's interesting how that works because just following you on Instagram, um, it just appears to me that you're out for lunch and dinner every single day. But you're also posting things from the past, you know, yeah, like a week yeah, ago. Sure. So that happens. You know, I can't yeah. often when I'm in Portland and I'm eating, I take food pictures or restaurant pictures and I plan on posting them later. And then, you know, once a few days goes by, you kind of forget. So my instagram is nothing like yours i need to just borrow from you that's all just take your stuff and repost it <laughs> well the budget friendly thing it, i was going out like a lot like up to like three lunches in a day yeah and that was unusual i mean that that was something very specific for just to do this and were you That's doing it just for yourself by the way we are recording yeah just so you know we're, we're we, yeah so okay yeah i mean i i you know what i I, I decided, oh, look at this. I'm eating at places. First of all, you know, I look at the inflation report every month. There are two inflation reports every month. But yeah, I thought, oh my God. I mean, I, I everything's so expensive. And so I, st- I went to a couple of places where it seemed really reasonable. Mm-hmm. I thought, let me do a 20, $20 and under list. And I started working on it. Then, let me, then, I, then I went, oh, let me try to do a $15 and under list. And That's and hard. Said, That's oh, harder now. I, well, then I said, I did a real challenge. I said, let me try to do a $10 and under list with no burgers and no tacos. Right. I didn't include burgers or tacos in any of the lists. And so it was, I found it very challenging, especially $10 and under. Right. But, but you, you know what I find myself doing more and more these days is um, just dividing it up. So if I have a $20 dinner, but I can take home half of it and eat half of that to me, I'm not sure. looking at that yeah. as a $10 deal because I get it twice. So, um, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's but, where, but that's, still. that's what the economy has forced me to do. I never used to think like that before. And now I'm like, how much can I get out of this? So, um, I, I know the so quantity is actually a consideration that I use because one thing, one variable was, I kind of had to be f- filled up, re- you know, relatively speaking, after eating a dish. Like, I just couldn't be like, I don't know, a four-bite appetizer that's under $10 and call it call it a dish. Yeah. It actually had to be relatively substantial. Yeah, well, so, I, and I commend you for going out and finding all that because those are the things I'm looking for these days. I just can't, I can't afford the... Uh, you know, a lot of the $150 dinners. And that's what it's become all of a sudden. Oh, God. Are you kidding? I know. Yeah. yeah. Portland I- used to be a place mentally. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I can I can follow the tra- trajectory of, of life where I remember when I had kids, believe it or not, in Connecticut, we used to go to Chip's Pub. And in my mind, that was a $20 deal for four people. We could get out of there for 20, 20 to 30 with tip. And now, I mean, it's the same thing with groceries. Like a bag of groceries used to be $20. And now a bag sure. of groceries, you know, depending on where you go, can be 80 um, You know, it gets a little expensive. So, um, yeah, I commend you for doing it. I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see you went some places. Like you have Bluto's on your list. And I thought that you could eat reasonably yeah. there. Um, yeah, exactly. So, And I thought we... We could go over some things where you just don't. There's some places I went to and listed where you wouldn't think I would go to, or you wouldn't think that would have food that I'd like. And part of this (laughs) is my my favorite. (laughs) It 
Yeah. But dude, your your bar is at Domino's and McDonald's. So how much how when how can we say we don't think you'd like it? Oh, oh, oh Domino's has to get kicked to the side because I stop I reduce significantly the amount of refined sugar that I eat. Mm-hmm. So my sweet tooth is less. So it's now Pizza Hut, which I had this week. Mm. And over Domino's. I love Pizza Hut. Okay. Like I eat it every week. I haven't like been I to I a Pizza too. Hut in years. Or I don't think it's I've been great. to a Domino's since Syracuse, New York. In the, I don't even know. that I could be wrong because I don't even know if they were around then. And I'm just thinking that was my college pizza. Who knows? It's so sweet. I just didn't realize it until I stopped eating so much refined sugar. Did you ever watch the the uh, like the sh- the show The Food That Built America when they talk about the the Domino's versus Pizza Hut? They have a whole show on no. how those two. It's really interesting. All those I I like all those shows to see how all the f- all you know the food products built you know grew and how the restaurants grew. Um, uh, so there's a is there's a show specifically on that on that title. Yes, I'll, 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 the food the food that built America. I'll send you some kind of link to find it. It's fascinating. Well, I, I can find it. Yeah, you can find okay, it. Yeah. And there's also you know yeah. the cars that built America, the the Titans yeah. that built America, all that stuff. It's I love those shows. You know who knows how accurate they are, but they're accurate enough for me. So um, I'm just interested in Domino's versus Pizza Hut. I am kind of curious. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, yeah, and who would think that you know both of these pizza chains would be born in you know the Midwest? And the reason they were born is because you know they grew is because no one had ever had pizza, so they were popular right. on the East Coast. You know, you couldn't have done that because they would have competed against local mom and pop pizza places. A lot of them. Um, uh-huh. but in wherever it was, I can't remember where Pizza Hut grew. I know Domino's was in Michigan. Um, but that's because no Tom one, had, yeah, no one had ever had Pizza Hut was like Oklahoma or Kansas or something, but really, yeah, but all no those idea. people had never been exposed to pizza before. So it was a big sensation. And if the best you've ever had is that, um, you know, then it's, it's going to grow. I would imagine, as I said, you couldn't grow that on the East or West coast. It's like, you know, when someone out here talks about even, yeah, pizza is a good example. And I'll ask them whether, what they think good pizza is. And you know off the bat whether they have any ex- real experience having pizza. So um, anyway, we're talking, speaking of pizza, I'm going to Connecticut in a couple of months to do, oh, okay. we saw that there's a great documentary on, uh, on YouTube. I can't remember on the three big pizza places in Connecticut, Sally's, Peppy's, and Modern. And Renee and I watched Didn't it. Did we talk about that before? Part- I think I, I watched. Didn't I send you a link? Didn't I tell? I mean, it, may, it may not be that same documentary, but there is a documentary on um, New Haven Pizza that I think I thought we texted about, but I could maybe it, oh, could, no, we did it, it could be. And you know, so we watched it and thought, oh, we got these credits left over from um, 2000 from pre pandemic that we have to use this year. So I said, let's go do some pizza and lobster rolls and a Mets game in uh late may so we're doing that and then also i'm going to naples in um later in the year so i'm excited about that i haven't been to i was in naples when i was what 11 years old so um that's exciting anyway we're talking about portland sorry to get off on a tangent here thanks for doing this whose idea was this to do at eight o'clock in the morning 
Well, you said 10.30, then you said, oh, maybe I could do it earlier. I said, I'm ready anytime. Right. Ready. So it so, was a collaborative yes. decision. So that's... Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm up early. So this is, you know, this is like my lunch hour. I actually just have lunch. Sandwich round. That's why you can't have lunch with me today? You just had lunch at, no, eight, got, at 8 o'clock? Or I, I thought it was because you were washing your hair. That you couldn't no, I've got, I've got, I've got, to, I've got to do some. I'm going out tonight, so but I've got to do a bunch of stuff between now and then. And yeah, this is dry day, relatively dry day. Tomorrow's gonna be wet. Finally, there we had important. sun. We had sun yesterday. Yeah. So no, it was supposed to be winter than it was. Well, Portland weather. Yeah, it's been rough. Well, this has been year. the roughest winter I remember. This is the first yeah. time I've. You know, I used to watch other people complain about the weather, and I would think, you know, they should try the try Chicago or New York. And but this year is the first year I've been saying, "All right, I'm sick of this. I won't even. I'm tired of being cold when I take dog dogs out. Um, I'm just tired of being cold. So I'm ready for for new weather. So um, anyway, so Gary, thank you so much for this. It's the beginning of baseball season, and I think we'll maybe we'll refrain from talking about baseball at all until the very end. So anybody who doesn't want to hear it, because I don't think there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who really care about the right. who care about baseball, but some do. Especially Mets and Braves. Especially Mets especially and, Braves, Mets and Braves. Braves, and especially you know the thing about Oregon is people didn't grow up, generally speaking, to be baseball fans. There's you know, right. the, I found that everybody's a Duck fan, a football fan. Basketball, maybe, uh, because of the Blazers, but, but baseball is not there. So anyway, let's talk about the sport of eating. And you have, you know, we can cover, I think, I don't know how to cover this in a timely fashion, but I'll leave that to you to cover some of your favorites, categorize them, and uh, I'll chime in. A little bit, I guess, but I'm... Well, I'm, I'm not gonna, I mean, I just highlight little things here and there. Some, what I thought were surprises for me. Yes, let's cover those. And, you know, this is a good podcast for people to listen to who are just... You know, we all in Portland get brain freeze when you think of where do I want to go? There's too many options and you can't come up with a decision. So, Gary, you're going to help us all with that today. Okay. Um, let's start with a $20 and under list. Did you know, I didn't know this until I actually went there. I, I mean, I've gone there multiple times, but I didn't realize this until I used the $20 and under thing, is that Ken's Artisan Pizza, almost every single one of the pizzas is $20 or under. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and, but they're smaller. Uh, they're, not, they're not like they're a, smaller. They're not like a Pizza Shoals, which is, I don't, last time I went there, 25 26 but that was a big pizza. So Right, right, right. But... They're, they're they're smaller, but Ken's Artisan Pizza has gotten so much love, deservingly deservedly so over the last like six months. Named what the second best pizzeria in the world by Big Seven Travel. I mean, and they have there's another more there's more um, there's another list more authentic list at least for me where Ken's was you know a top one of the top um, fifty pizzerias in the world. It's um, it's another list that I use. So it's it's a great pizza, and every single one of the pizzas, except for maybe one, is $20, $20 or under. So and, and, and one pizza is enough to fill up one person. That oh, absolutely. And their salads are great yeah. there. I'm just pleased to hear 
you mentioning it and others mentioning it because, of course, Ken isn't involved in it. Ken sold it. And uh, he's and it's still carrying on from what you're saying. I haven't been there in a long time. You're saying it's as good as it ever was, and others are saying that. Oh, yeah. And I'm also pleased about that because when Portland was going through its big pizza heyday, what, five, six, seven years ago when everybody was opening a pizza place, it was harder for Ken to get on those lists, and he maintained it. A Pizza Shoals and Ken's still stayed yeah. on the lists with all the other ones opening. And, and it's not easy in Portland when everybody's looking for the next shiny thing. So I'm glad to to hear that. Um, so what Ken's been out of it for a couple of years now, and it's still it's still standing tall. That's good. I think the oldest restaurant in Portland is Huber's mm-hmm. Cafe. I could, Jake's may be older, but let's just say let's just call it Huber's is the oldest restaurant in 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 Portland. And I did a half turkey, half ham plate. That was under twenty dollars, and it was substantial. It had stuffing, it had mashed potatoes, uh, very good moist turkey, half ham. I mean, it just it was again another another really good deal. Plus, you can get there, you can go there and have Spanish coffee, which is iconic because they do table side service. Right, and is it worth coffee. going there for the uninitiated, for the people to go to the oldest restaurant? Is it is it cool? The atmosphere and the ambiance and the being able to say you went to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's iconic because it, you know, and the food is still, it's still really good. I mean, sometimes, I won't name restaurants, you could, you could be an older restaurant <laughs> and just where the food's just not very good because it's owned by, not because it's just, owned, this other restaurant I'm talking about is owned by a corporation. Nothing wrong with being owned by a corporation. I go to Taco Bell. I, go I have a feeling I know who you're bed. talking about. I let me, you know who I'm talking about. Let me talk about, let me ask you about this, because I hear about this from the people who've been in Portland for a long time who tell me you need, to, I haven't been in a long time, Dan and Louise Oyster Bar. Have you been in a, in a while? I hate asking no, the question when I don't know the answer, because I don't want no. anybody to sp- to disparage anything on this podcast, but um, but I hear a lot of people. I will say it. I hear a lot of people tell me I got to go back. So um, okay, and it's it's not far from Huber, so that's why I thought about it. But anyway, go keep going, my friend. There's a place you probably haven't heard of, and it's called My Father's Place. Have you heard of it? The name rings a bell. <laughs> that's as much as I can say. Well, I guess they call they. Their self-described diner, mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's been around forever. And I went there for a dish that I like. I don't know who else would like this dish, but I don't know why. Because my mom occasionally made it growing up, so there's not a lot, but she, so there's some nostalgic factor to it. Livers, liver and onions. Do you like liver and onions? Oh man, I haven't had it for so long. It's not something I would necessarily order, but I might just to see and remember. But no, it's it's not. I I mean I get it. I understand. I know what it tastes like, but I haven't ordered it in a long time. I hadn't ordered it in a very long time, like decades. Yeah, and there you I go. Went to, <laughs> I went to my father's office and had this humongous, gargantuan plate of liver and onions. I did. There was so much of it. I had to take it home. <laughs> That's because nobody so else was ordering it, and they had so much in the kitchen. <laughs> they had so much left. Yeah. And, Again, I mean, if, if those, those of you who want who who've had it and like it, go to my father's office, order the liver and onions. And if you never had it, at least you've got to give it a try. And if you don't like it, you've only spent you spent less than twenty dollars. That's the other thing. 
doing this list, there were some dishes that just didn't make the cut. And some of them weren't very good. And I never felt bad about, I mean, I, I, because it was, it's just, you know, if you, if you make a mistake on like a $200 tasting menu, you I mean, it's, I, I feel bad. Like I, I get mad, I'm mad, I feel bad. But if you make a mistake on a $10 and under dish, you think, oh, well, chalk it up. It's only $10. I agree. And, you know, it's interesting how much more uh, critical you get the more expensive it gets because it hurts more. Exactly. And, and yeah. you know, we're in this period where we're kind of not supposed to be going out and saying anything negative about any restaurant, right? It's They're trying. Yeah. But, yeah, when you spend a lot of money and there's – lacking service or the food sucks it's kind of like well you have a restaurant you got to keep up with it but at any rate yeah you're right the lesser the investment the more you can just chalk it up so and uh some good 15 dollar and under items i had is a place where it doesn't get talked about a lot and i think it's i, I i've been a few times and i've always enjoyed my meals at Frogs and Snails on Southeast Hawthorne. Have you been? I have never even heard of it. Okay. Um, Frogs and Snails. Where is it? Snails. On Hawthorne. Uh, whereabouts? It's near the old Blue Star, Blue, Blue Star Donuts place on Hawthorne mm-hmm. in the 30s. Okay. In the 30s. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a grilled cheese sandwich with homemade tomato soup. So so comforting. I had nice. it on a cold, cold February day. Which there been many, which there were many. All right. Well, that so, begs the question: grilled cheese sandwich should not be, you know, it's a now it's fifteen dollars. Should be about the cheapest thing you can possibly get, right? Because two slices of bread and some cheese. Right. <laughs> so and, and the, the funny thing is, just the grilled cheese sandwich plus the tomato soup was twelve dollars. Okay. Really good deal. Yeah, and that's the on the flip side. Have you noticed how expensive soup is getting now? Uh, you know, soup used to be three, four dollars a cup, and then maybe eight for a bowl, and now we're double that. So, um, well, right? that's the other. That's the other thing. I thought I for the fifteen dollar and under list. I thought I could find some like Vietnamese soups that were under fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. and I couldn't. So the I had one, I think I had one on the twenty dollars under list. But yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, soups are expensive. But they, a lot of places have substantial soups, so you have leftovers, right? Like yeah, no, that's yeah, that's another one of those things where how many, how many pops can I get out of this soup? So if I spend, you know, we have a really great place out here called Buttercup, which I know you've never been to. I get to mention some places you've never been to. Uh huh. But the, I think they're up for a quart now of 20, to 22 or $24, and it's delicious, and it's got seafood in it. It's totally worth it. But for me, I have to be able to justify that by saying I get two or three meals out of that. I, can't, I just can't see getting takeout for $22 or $24 um, anywhere for soup. But again, it's an adjustment, adjustment over time. And it's not. This is not really soup. Soup. This is filled with calamari, shrimp. You know, so it's a, it, they're expensive ingredients. I'm. I love buttercup, but okay. you know, it's up there. And so, wait. Um, so, what kind of soup? What kind of soup is it? They are buttercup is chowders and ice cream, and they have four 
I actually kind of corrected someone when they called it soup once. It's chowders, right? Which is a slightly right. different thing than soup. But it is soup, right? It's broth and something else. Yeah. And, um, but they have four different kinds of chowders. It might be curry. It could be New England. They, I mean, uh, Northwest clam chowder. They might do a Mexican chowder, um, you know, with meat, with beef um, or pork. So it's great. It's fantastic. But I just find myself often thinking, you know, justifying $24 for soup or even a, a cup is 11 or 12 now. I think it just went up. And it's great. I love Cindy. I love the place, but it's all, uh, you know, math that you have to do when you go out these days and uh, figure it's just changing math. I feel like the guy who's always saying in the good old days, I'm at that age and it's happening. And, and, you know, income isn't what it used to be either. So that's what happens. But the freshest seafood you can get because it's on the coast. I'm thinking everything in there is fresh. It's fantastic. It's totally worth it. But then it becomes, you know, should I stay home and have um, make myself a grilled cheese or spend $24 on soup? And then, of course, not to bring it up again, but it just hit national news. The square gets turned around for the tip on top of that. So now you're looking at 26, 27. Now it's a different thought process. So. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Food, food's gotten so expensive. I'm, I, w- I want to go to New York. Hopefully, I can go to New York this year and just see, you know, what's going on in New York City and the cost there. Because New York's always been expensive, but looking at some of the tasting menu costs in New York City, there are like there's some examples where it's not that mu- where Portland's actually more expensive. Than some of the Michelin star tasting. Well, yeah, but there aren't many that are like that. I mean, Notoguro is is high here, which I feel terrible about because I love it. But I, you know, five hundred bucks for the two of us to go. I'm just not in that frame of mind right now. Well, let's to, take Noto out. I mean, I'll, I'll, I mean, I know, I know them. Tercet's at I think one. Oh, I know them too, and I love them. But they lose at one forty five. I mean, it's, and then you know, you have something like. Musket Room in New York City has a Michelin star, one twenty five for tasting tasting menu. Uh, Naro, the team from Automix, who has two Michelin stars, their casual tasting menus at another new restaurant is one sixty five, and it's not that much more than Portland tasting menus. Right? No, no, one sixty five is you know, I you, one would expect in New York that. City. I, I pay that in Spain too um, for some places as well. So, um, yeah, well. Uh, Hey, listen, while I'm thinking about it, you are more than welcome to join us on our pizza crawl in New Haven, and we're going to do a little New York and go to a Mets game with us. And the food there, talk about Shake Shack, there's a Shake Shack there. You don't have to buy a ticket to go do the opening of the Shake Shack. Uh, But the the food at City Field, I've been to a lot of ballparks, I haven't been to a lot of them in 15, 20 years, but the food at City Field is, is stellar. And what is the thing that causes people to say, I'd rather go to City than Yankee Stadium? All right, we weren't going to do baseball. Let's get back to Portland. I'm sorry. Oh, we, we could do it at the end because I have a question regarding the food in City. Hey, Chris, let's pause a moment and talk about Oregon Dungeness Crab. It's a favorite dish at holiday gatherings, special occasions, or just when you're in the mood for the sweet, delicate deliciousness you can only get from Oregon's tastiest crustacean. 
It's harvested sustainably from Oregon's cold, clean coastal waters and is available now at your favorite seafood retailer or restaurant. Oregon Dungeness serves up equally as an appetizer or an entree and lends itself to both down-home and white tablecloth cuisine. And it's also as nutritious as it is tasty. We know it's tasty. A three-ounce portion of cooked meat has 19 grams of protein and contains important minerals and amino acids. It's low in both fat and calories as well as cholesterol and carbohydrates. That's important to me. Yeah, and rest assured, the fishermen are not just delivering a delicious and healthy product. They're also taking care of natural resources for future generations. Visit OregonDungeness.org for information on preparing your favorite crab dish and learning more about the fleet. So go ahead and crack the mystique. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. Have you ever been to Tulip Shop in Portland, Oregon? No. Keep asking these places I've never even heard of. It's on Killingsworth, and it's a bar, and they do just they do sandwiches like uh, fried chicken sandwich, burgers. They have daily specials like Patty Melt Monday and Talk Mom's Taco Tuesday, and everything's under fifteen dollars. And like I love those Mom's Tacos on Tuesdays. The fried chicken sandwich is eleven dollars. Mm-hmm. And it's it's, it's a, they have some really good cocktails too and slushies. And another good under fifteen dollar place. My favorite. What about ramen? cocktails? How much are cocktails? Well, they're under. I'm pretty sure they're under twelve dollars. I think my slushie was around ten. I can't remember. I okay. can't remember exactly. Don't quote okay. me on that. But yeah, the, I know cocktails. The price of cocktails are quite high in Portland too. Can they yeah. can run high? Yeah, they can. And, I'll refrain. Uh, my favorite ramen in Portland right now is at Wu Rons. W hyphen R O N S. Wu Wu Rons, and mm-hmm. um, they they do ramen that that's my favorite is a tonkotsu, which is under fifth. It's fifteen dollars exactly. It's 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 right now my favorite ramen in town because I was going from ramen place to ramen place like in February. Just to try out places I hadn't been to. I only, only got to like four or five. But when I hit Ruron's, I said, oh, my God, this is like awesome. So Ruron's. That's a good recommendation. Now, one more time. I, this is an old battered theme for this, at least in this conversation. Man, when I first first started hearing about ramen, because I came from the East Coast. Right. And here in Portland, ramen was a big thing. I remember it was a $7 deal. So now you're saying it's double that for ramen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, I, also on this list is a place that people had mentioned to me. It was under, I mean, I can't remember prices. That you know, when it first opened, I think it was under ten dollars. And I, and mm-hmm. one of the most iconic places in the world, it's fourteen dollars now. But the cowman guy at Nons is oh yeah, fourteen dollars now. Well, and that's always a good idea because it's delicious and it's a great idea for someone who's never had it before. You know, here's right. a business that grew on one dish from a food cart to where she is now. So, uh, and Nong is one of the, I think she's one of the nicest people you'll meet too. You're not necessarily going to meet her when you're there these days, but she's there behind the counter. Right, right, right. And I can't, do you, I can't remember what it was like. When it first opened, I'm pretty sure it was probably about seven, eight dollars. I I could be wrong, but yeah. Well, when it was a food cart, and that's the yeah. other issue: is food cart versus brick and mortar. 
Um, you know, it should be less expensive in a food cart, I would think. The, <laughs> the, the overhead is, a, is, there's overhead, but it's a lot lower than a brick and mortar. Right, 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 right. But, I mean, it's still, it's still a deal at $14, even given inflation. I mean, I, 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 I had it a couple of times in the last few months, and still as consistent, at least to me, the two times I've had it, it's as consistent as it's always been. Right, and it's a nice spot to go in and sit down as well. I think this is like I should have eaten this morning. I think I'm grouchy and bitching about <laughs> costs too much. And I know that we, I have yeah. listeners who call it to my attention. So um, why? But, I mean, what are they saying? Well, I mean, it's I can't den- we can't deny mostly. That. It's mostly it was the tipping issue that i i was on way before it hit national news the you know the square turned around when you get a donut here i go again i'm not going to do it so um but i think it's affected other you know the article that just came out and i think it was usa today maybe um it was a big article like five people sent it to me and um you know, it's about tipping in restaurants and how people are getting pissed off now and they're not tipping well. I think it's I think it's because there's there's so many tip options for everywhere that you never had a tip before that people are just a little bit fed up with the idea of tipping that it hits people where they normally wouldn't have thought twice about it at a nice restaurant. There's a tip line. You leave 20% or whatever you like to leave. Not a problem. But now because four times earlier in the day, you were hit with it at a donut shop, a coffee shop, a food cart, everywhere they're turning around with the minimum starting tip at 20%. I think people are a little are tip weary at this point in time. I think the 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 model should be changed, but it won't. Well, you've been consistent. You've been t- you've been talking about this for as long as I've known you. I mean, right? But I was glad to see that other people it. are. It's starting to become news, and it didn't come from me. So uh, I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one. But I also know my. We have listeners who are getting a little bit pissed off and hearing me bitch about it but i think it's an issue and i know we have operators listening and you know i've talked to some folks who are in the business here and i said you know if you've got a retail shop and a restaurant and i buy from your restaurant and then i go to the retail shop and i'm asked to tip on what you know forty dollars worth of goods that i'm buying can you figure that out or do i have to figure that out okay that's enough Okay. <laughs> Another place, $15 and under. Uh, Pine State Biscuits has, I love hash browns, and they have this huge hash brown. It must be 12 inches in diameter, and they mm-hmm. put some grilled onions on it, and you can add ham if you want, and um, you can add eggs. I, you can't add eggs in the $15 and under one because uh, it'll push you up over $15. But hash ups are $9. I add the ham, $5, $14 for a really nice breakfast if you like hash browns, which I do. I, I love tater tots and hash browns. Who Let's has the best tater tots. tots in town? Honestly, it's Orida. I mean, frozen Orida from any grocery <laughs> store. That's awesome. And use the air fryer. Oh, here's my helpful thing. Right. Like, you know I don't cook. Air fryer. Like, really, yeah. I, 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 uh, Justin Woodward, a chef from who used to be at Castagna and now is at OK Omas, he, 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 he told me to get an air fryer. So I, mm-hmm. I, 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 the only thing I air fry in the air fryer are tater tots. I, I coat it with some olive oil or I was that avocado oil or some type of oil. And it makes it really crispy in the air fryer. I love it. 
I, Dude, I so that's the answer to French fries. Take out French fries. You put those in the air fryer when you get home for a few minutes with a little oil, as you said, and they they come back to life. Because if you're doing takeout fries, forget it. But I've also, I will say, I've had some unbelievable salmon in the air fryer on air broil. No way. Uh, it, oh, yeah, man. It is just... Uh, yeah, and and I've done it over and over and had guests who all loved it. So yeah, you can do it. Go Here's my tip to you, Gary. Go to Flying Fish and get the Aura King salmon that they fly in from New Zealand. Put that in your air fryer on air broil for 8 minutes. Just put a little seasoning on it and some yeah. oil. Yeah. Dude, and then let me know. What how is it why is it different than just putting it in the oven and 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 baking it? I mean, how does it What's the I think it's it like a it's like a concentrated convection. Justin could probably tell you better than I can, but I don't know. But I put it in there for seven and a half, eight minutes, and yeah. it is so you know it's sushi quality. So you don't want to cook it too much. You want it to be tender and raw, almost raw on the inside, and it's cris- got a nice little crispy coating on the outside, and it's just yeah. so perfect. So okay. Um, I, I, I've been learning to cook in that thing and not be afraid of, you know, having to clean it. Cause the one I have is the Ninja where you kind of tilt it up and you can clean it out pretty easily. Um, okay. yeah, my, mine is a, uh, you can get it at Costco and also, you know, online, but it's one that doubles as a toaster oven, broiler and all the air frying things. And it's just pretty awesome. Okay. So, great. so I like your, I would agree with you that, that um, putting tater tots in there would do a great job because it does a great job with everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I fell in love with it. And I don't, like I said, the only thing I do in my air fryer, the only thing I cook is tater tots. So I need to expand my horizons. Try, just please try what I just said and let me know what you think. Okay. Um, another place that I, most people probably haven't heard of is uh cow new at Kali central it's um in the larb there eleven dollars get some sticky rice that's three dollars fourteen dollars and it's 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 in my neighborhood so but i don't it doesn't get a lot of like publicity like local media publicity but it, it's it's quite good i mean it's because it's in my neighborhood I, I remember when it first opened and kelly clark who was the then editor of Portland Monthly liked it, and she wrote about it. So it's gotten some publicity, but it's it's uh you walk in and it's just a bar, and the people who own Collie Central also own Cow New, and um, yeah, they have beer on tap, uh, uh, like three or four TVs, watch some sports, and just have a good time. Need some what? larb. Let me ask you, it's hard to give, for you to give a general answer, but how do you discover these places? Oh, God. Um, that's a really good question. I mean, if it's in my neighborhood, it's relatively easy. Out, out, like, I, regarding these lists, I just did my, like, did, just to start doing research. I started looking at menus mm-hmm. and thinking of places that I've heard of that I might like. Um, a couple of places I just w- walked by. Um, it, you know, it, some places like I, I just got lucky. Um, yeah, it's I, I use every research tool that everyone else uses, which is you know either PDX or Oregonian or Friends. 
I think that's the best way to do it. And, you know, you're not always going to have hits. There's going to be some misses. Mm. Oh, my God. I won't mention it. I won't, men- I won't mention what I ate yesterday because it might give it away or, or where I went because that might give it away. And um, I didn't Instagram about it and I won't Instagram about it. But, oh, my God. Was it ho- horrid. It was so bad. And I can't, I, like, there's, there, you know, people are trying. I don't, that's why I'm not the name, <laughs> name. But, oh, my God. Like, what do you, Chris, what do you do? When you get a meal that's truly horrendously bad, um, how, how I don't do think I've that? had one of those in long enough. But I, you know, poor Renee, she has to listen to me bitching about it. If I did, but I don't remember the last time. The last time I remember having the worst meal I've ever had was in um, Multnomah Village at a Mexican restaurant. There, I can't remember the name of it. It's closed. It's on that block where. Uh, Shalom, y'all, or whatever the latest version of that is. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, uh, I had something pretty terrible in in Astoria once, and I mentioned uh-huh. it. So I don't know what you do. No, I know what you do. You call it to the attention of the owner. You just write them directly instead of posting it on Instagram and oh, see what they have to say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't even want to do that because it's like mm-hmm. I don't know if they. Here's the deal: if they ask. If they ask me, what did you think of the meal? I will tell them to their to their right. Face. But if but when you leave, that's not going to happen. So yeah, I, I think know. it depends. It depends on how much time you have and how much you care. Yes, you can just walk away and say, "Well, let them you know live on the marketplace and see how they do." Or sometimes I've called like when I think of the one in Seaside, I did not call it to their attention. There was one in Manzanita where I did, and I sent I sent them an example of how a a really good smoked salmon plate could be done in Oregon, and uh-huh. they had no idea. So, but they wrote me back that they really didn't give a fuck what what I thought, which was like that was nice. Then I thought, good, now I know never to go there again. So. Uh-huh. Um, so and never to recommend it to anyone and but i've gotten you know i try really hard i've tried to get to the point where you know if someone says well what about this place i'll just say i don't go there instead of really going into the whole thing why but um i try but i really try to shut up nowadays a little bit but yeah, so that, to answer your question i think it's best do not go on instagram or facebook and post if you really feel like you need to say something, go right to the owner and tell them or just tell some friends privately. Yeah, I, I never post. Any, I try never to post anything negative. I don't think I, maybe half of 1%. Maybe I've done at most. I mean, I can't remember the last right. thing I posted negative. Maybe it was about the wind. My, like, right. I had some issues at the wind once. And so I posted something. The, on oh, the wind. And they, well, yeah, out of market. Yeah. I used to go on. Oh, God, yes. Yelp, when it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I would post out of town on Yelp, but not anywhere locally in Portland. I want to support my food system. Now, I will say this. I've done my share of bitching about general things that some restaurants do. And I, I won't attach them to it. But yeah, like you know, what we were talking about before. But I try not to uh, hammer a place um, publicly anyway to put them out for public shaming. 
You know, the market should take care of that, right? If they right. suck and enough people eat it, it's not going to make it. So that, That's the way I feel. And you know what? This place, I think, will do well over the next few months. And that's great. And if people like it, we're set. that's awesome. I mean, I, I just, I don't think it was, I thought... I thought it was amateurish in many ways, but that's that's only me. And it and some is it new? Ask, you no, know, no. Some people ask me, you know, or the uh, some people ask me what did I think, and I, I depending most ninety nine percent ninety nine percent of the time I'll be honest with them if I didn't like something, and mm-hmm. I try to phrase it in a way that's normally that's very um. Uh, yeah, you can say dramatic. something positive ahead. Yeah, exactly of it. Like, I, so, I'm, is this a new place, by the way? That'll kind of give it away. If I, oh no, yeah, yeah, it's, it is a new place. No, I'll say well, that. then I think then I think it's more appropriate to bring it to their attention because they'll they're trying. What? And no, your your opinion your opinion matters. I'm sorry, well. you eat all over the world, so I think if it's new and you went there and you didn't like it, I think you're doing them a service. You should actually send them a bill no. for five hundred dollars to say, "Here's my opinion." No, they can't. They can't fix this because it's just so far gone that they can't fix it. Which is, <laughs> but they'll be. You know what? They're, they're, they'll they'll be busy, and good for them. And all right. Well, I'm I'm kind of curious to hear where this is, but I, I I may or may not hear it offline. But anyway, um, I do think if they're new, it doesn't hurt for you to say that because you know you have some cred you definitely have some cred so um and you should you know that i've always felt that food criticism is tough because everybody has a different palate right so um i can't say anything positive though there's just nothing positive (laughs) it's i mean i just i don't want to yeah i just can't um Okay, regarding the ten dollars and under one, I've only released like two two dishes, but they both were like I was so happy to like realize that these dishes were under ten dollars. Seeing, oh my god, this is this is great. One of them is Grassa has a spaghetti dish with olive oil, a simple dish, ten dollars, mm-hmm. but it's a substantial portion. It, I I said, oh my god, this is such a great deal. I know, you know. It- no, it's, it's is that just alia olio or yeah. is that what yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what i have that's my that's my go-to at home side dish is just some capellini with even garlic salt butter and oil i just love that's good enough for me and i know grassa does it way better than i do yeah and 10 bucks oh my god that was, what a deal and then yeah. there's a bar called katie o'brien's on northeast sandy boulevard Mm-hmm. There, there's um, a corned beef sandwich with like a au jus dip for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, it, it was it was it was kind of high quality for especially for ten dollars. Are you kidding? Cost versus uh, benefit analysis on that thing. Oh, I said, oh my god, I need to come here and have it again because it's, it's relatively convenient for me. And that for- I'm going to have the Irish dip again. That is for a pastrami for that price. That that leads me to ask, I would throw this one in the mix, and I haven't been there in a few months. A couple of times I passed it and it's been closed. Michael's Italian Beef, you know, he passed away. Michael passed yeah. away. But uh, I've been back, and I'm just going to say, whether you like it or not, I mean, <laughs> a sandwich and fries there is, un- I think, under 10 bucks, or a- at least the sandwiches. Um, What's last it- you went? Oh, I would say a year ago. And it was good? Yeah, it was just what it was before. 
and without Michael there to talk about the Cubs or the White Sox. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. And I've always felt like if I'm in that area and just want a quick lunch for seven, eight bucks, you know, that's, it's a good option. But I haven't been in a while and I wanted to go a couple of weeks ago and it was closed when it said it was going to be open. So who knows? Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention one thing that was under $20 and I thought it was a really good deal. How about, here, get this, eight ounce top sirloin, a mm-hmm. uh, copious amount of fried potatoes, two eggs, two pieces of toast for $16. All right. Where's that? Spare room on Northeast 42nd near Pizza Church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Love that. I mean, it was... It was so I is that breakfast? Rare. Yeah. Is that breakfast? Yeah, that's breakfast, but you can have it for lunch or dinner because they open like at 7 a.m. and they close at 2 a.m. So, oh. Yeah. Well, you're in heaven over there at a last-minute idea. You can go anytime. Right. Except you're not, you're not up after 7. Not normally. Like last night, I was <laughs> 7.30 p.m. Went, went to bed. Oh, God. That was late. So, um, well, that's good to know about. I wish we had those options out here, but that's, you know, breakfast used to always be 10 and under and it's not, it's like that it's, everything's right up to 15, knocking on 15, sometimes 20 for, for breakfast. Well, here's another, uh, item of information. There's a breakfast menu, like a, uh, a special breakfast menu at spare room that they showed me everything was $10 and under. Nice. Like, so that would be eggs. that would be something simple like bacon, eggs, toast. and toast. Toast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like yeah. under nine. I think most of it was under nine dollars. Uh, oh, that's cool. I'm sure there are a lot of places that will that do that too. Yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe, but um, I, yeah. I can't, well, that's cool. Can't name a lot. Maybe that 24 hour place on Powell's on like seventh, eighth, and and what the hot cake uh, house? Yeah. I bet yeah. they still have something like that. It's amazing the things that that come to mind for me right off the bat versus the ones that I tell you I've never heard of that. Right, Hot cake right, right. Was my doctor right. listening? That's the one I knew about. Um, that's it for my. I mean, go to GTF. Go to my Instagram and hashtag GTF. Gary the foodie. GTF budget friendly, and that'll that'll mm-hmm. show you all the my posts regarding all these budget friendly um, items. That uh, that I've been experiencing, and now I'm, I just got to finish up my ten dollar and under list over the next few weeks. And it, the the one thing is, is I didn't eat the healthiest, you know, over those. You know, that, <laughs> it, that's the real. I mean, it, that's the other thing is that you know, yeah, not the healthiest. Yeah, well, that's what. Ha- the cheaper you go, the less healthy you options you have. I would imagine. Hey, Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat, Ringside Steakhouse. Hey, Court, I know you love the hats, and I kind of do, too. I always have a hat on. Mm-hmm. For the first time in Ringside 79-year history, you can get a hat, T-shirt, even an apron for your favorite Ringside fan. Those are available in person on West Burnside. Go to, when you, while you're eating, ask for them or just stop in after, what, 4.30, I guess? Yeah. This is really exciting for me, Chris. We were talking about this off air, and when you told me this news, I got really excited because uh, a few years ago, I noticed somebody back of house at ringside wearing a really cool ringside t-shirt, and I thought, I would like one of those. But, you know, it's ringside steakhouse. You wouldn't necessarily think to go there and buy a t-shirt. 
Now you can. First time in 79 years. This is exciting. This, yeah. should, this should be headline in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so take advantage of that. Also take advantage of the three-course prime rib dinner that takes place on Mondays. You, you've done this. Oh, yes. And it used to be Wednesday. So be aware, because I yeah. had a friend join me for dinner once, and she was expecting Wednesday night prime rib. Not happening. So, yeah. Um, but they do have it available outside of the special on weekends as well. So you can get prime rib with their unbelievable Yorkshire pudding um, on those nights. But the special is Monday night. That's the night to do it. I was there last night. Wednesday night, it was packed. So, um, But I wasn't packed to the point where you couldn't walk around in the uh, the hostess host section, but it was, it was nicely packed. And of course we had an incredible, including a, a meal, including the Wagyu, which anybody has to do once at least in their lifetime or more. Once you do it once, you want to do it more. And I have, uh, don't forget right now, because it is Dungeness crab season. You right now on the menu in the, in the appetizer section, the chili lime Dungeness crab cake. So get that while you can, or the crab cocktail was unbelievable. So, I suggest anybody there, if, if you're going with the table, get the crab cocktail and the prawn cocktail and have a, start your meal off the right way, including onion rings, of course. Oh, yeah. Got to do, do that. Got to do that, too. So also, one quick thing, because we've been talking a little bit here. Halibut season starts May 10th, and Ringside will have that on the menu made Chef Jonathan Gill's way after that. So mark that on your calendar and make a reservation. You can do it at ringsidesteakhouse.com or on the Open Table app. Oh, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, do you use the apps? You know, I found on the apps, like Pop the Popeyes app, you can get way better deals than you can get just walking in off the street and looking what? at the menu. And what? What? What kind of deals? The what? apps. What? The app at like Popeyes. The, oh, like go. How like the work? apps on your phone. Okay. What do you do? You go to you go to the Popeyes. So you download. App. Okay. The okay. Popeyes app, and then and then you're signed up, and they send you deals. Same thing. I was I was thinking about the McDonald's app, but oh. that is such a clusterfuck. The McDonald's Why? app. Why? Oh, I don't Why want them coming that? after me now. Because it never it rarely it no it works some of the time, but what happens is you go, and then it doesn't clear out what you had last time, even though you picked it up, and it's in your cart, and you can't get rid of it, and you can't order off of it. I actually walked into the Seaside McDonald's and I said, "Listen, I have points, and I want to use this. This is so stupid. I can't believe I'm admitting this, but and no one no one there could figure out how to." fix the app either and so anyway but i will say this if you're into fast food and you know we've had we've talked about fast food with you and with bill oakley on the podcast right. the the apps are pretty cool because they give you options you normally wouldn't have and you know they give you credit if you're going to keep going back you earn points so i found you know, really good deals. Oh. There's where I can eat for five dollars and under on those apps. Oh yeah, so, I, um, yeah. I, I use the Pizza Hut app. I just the Pizza Hut. One of the pizzas I got this past week was free because of the points. And then Domino's, I use the app to get points, and I've had many free. I probably had oh, so you know about the apps? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. 
and I do notice the deals. It's six ninety nine at Domino's for two medium six ninety nine each for two mediums at Domino's to, um, delivery. So yeah, I just don't. You, that's the only two I use. So I don't use Popeyes. I don't use McDonald's. I don't use. Well, I just try them when I want to go for Popeyes. I go. Let me try this app because here's the thing: a McDonald's app. I have when I'm in Portland. I like my sausage biscuit and coffee. That's it. Yeah. And it's really easy to pop that into the app and then dr- go to the drive-through and tell them I'm WF forty two and drive out and it's uh you know a two dollars and fifty cents. And I'm happy with that. So that's why I have that app. So I don't have to actually give them my credit card or do anything. Just drive in and drive out. I have a thing where I want to get in. I want to get out of my parking spot where I live and back under five minutes. And it rarely works, but that's my goal. So in life. Okay. Well, you gave me, you gave me the, the impetus to, to use some of the other apps that I don't use. Yeah. Good. I'm glad I could bring something to the party for you. You've been doing it on this podcast forever. You've been sharing a lot of your greatest tips. And I'm still offering you to go for pizza with us in New Haven. I'll buy. <laughs> you got to fly. You fly. You stay. I'll drive us around. I got a car. And uh, and then we'll go to a Mets game. On I think it's what I'm not going to say when it is. Um, but they're playing. I think they're playing the Blue Jays. So oh, good game. That's Blue Jays. Yeah, should be. So, um, anything else? What else? There was something else that I tr- that triggered me to contact you and say, "Hey, we need to do a podcast again." Well, what was it? It wasn't these lists. Well, well, let, I did want to mention some things that have. Oh, uh, one. Well, actually, two places that just opened up recently. I've been to both after being closed. All oh, right, that's what it was. Well, it's it's Ava Jeans and Chikoria. and I, 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 they they were closed for two years. I went to I've been to Ava Jeans now twice. Just eat the pasta. Well, I've had other things other than pasta, but mostly just the pasta. And it's my favorite pasta in Portland. I mean, Jo Maria, jo Marie Patino and her husband, Ross Evanger, used to work at Ava Jeans. They went to Joseph to open a place in Joseph. It closed during the pandemic. They moved back to Ava Jeans to help with the opening. They, they opened a restaurant in Joseph? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. That's a tough one. Well, I, did, I, don't, I don't know anything about Joseph. Yeah, well, it's very seasonal, so oh, it's okay. summertime, and it, so you gotta, it, yeah, it's a little tough. Joe Marie actually makes the pasta, and Ross is a co-chef along with a New York transplant named Amelia Kirk, who came from Ignacio Matos's um, restaurant group, the Estella Restaurant Group. But most people listening probably don't know who or what Estella is. But uh, yeah, so once again, Ava Jean's pasta, the best in the city. Um, Regarding Chikoria, and that, that has does that still have anything to do with Joshua McFadden or the folks you just mentioned are the ones? Yeah, he I don't, running it. I don't think he has much to do with the menu, although I could be wrong about that. He's uh, I don't, he's got some title, not culinary director. He's got I don't know what his title, chief development. I, I don't know some some creative title that I don't think he has much to do with the menu, but I could be wrong. But they're the mm-hmm. actually they're making the pasta, making the dishes. Um, and then at Chikoria, have you ever had, did you ever have Chikoria pizza before it closed? Before we opened? No. It's, no. it's thin crust. Mm-hmm. It's, so yeah, um, I had it, uh, during friends and family and, uh, enjoyed it. It's, uh, Cause I like thin crust. When I order Domino's, always, the only thing I get at Domino's is thin crust. <laughs> this is like 
<laughs> I'm sure the folks at Chikoria would love that you're comparing it to. Hey, man. You're not comparing great. it, but except in the same the sentence sweets. anyway. Except for the sweet <laughs> Domino's. Yeah. But yeah, Pizza Hut. Well, yeah, Pizza Hut thin crust too. Pizza Hut has thin crust. So, so, so just to be clear, Chikoria is next to Ava Jeans. It's where it used to be. I can't even remember the name of it. Holiday? At this point, I. We, Holiday. Pardon me? It used to be called Holiday, and before that, it was Roman Candle. Yeah, Roman Candle. We had an event. We had a great event there a long time ago. Okay. Back in the days of events. Yeah, um, so it's in that space. And they did a really nice job. Uh, I don't know how much renovation they did when I never. I went there when Chikoria was a pop up in a in their event mm-hmm. space. I never went when Chikoria was actually uh, actually open for real. So the, the space is really nice. I enjoyed the pizza. A top. 10 pizzeria in Portland and my one of my top 10 favorite pizzerias it's actually at number nine but that's still really good for Portland can, can you just read off the top 10 10 to 10 to 1 just without going into any editorial on it sure do you have it I, handy uh it's not really handy sorry uh I know what number one is mm-hmm. it's a piece of shoals two is Ken's three is lovely is cafe Ali is four pizza jerk is five and also and that's all right that's yeah. top five that's but top that five. those are the five that i would know of i haven't been to cafe Oli. i want to get there i was planning on it but we had some snow the other night that was so um but yeah those i would say you know i said it earlier a pizza shoals and ken's right off the bat is i'm so glad they're still on that list at the top yeah yeah um yeah it's it's just fantastic pizza we we ha- on a per capita basis, we have a really good uh, pizza city. Yeah, and, no, I think so. I mean, you, you're the New Haven expert, so and you love pizza. I can't call myself an expert. I'm just a lover of it. Same thing with everything. When you know, people walk say to me, who've you know seen my Instagram or gone to my events, and then. Gary, you can ima- imagine how much it pisses me off. People walk up and say, oh, you're the food critic. I'm like, I'm not a f- critic, man. I'm just a promoter, really. I like food like everybody else. And I talk about the places I like, that's all. And sometimes we talk about the places we don't like. But anyway, do you get people telling you, calling you a food critic? Yes, you must. Oh, yeah. You absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And, d- and how, do, how does it make you feel? Uh, I kind of, I, I don't, I, I don't get, fr- I just say I'm not really a food critic. Yeah. Um, that, but I, you, were, yeah, what you're kind of in that same area I am where you just promote what you like and you yeah, put sure. it out there, yeah. except you're super prolific and you've been a zillion more places than I've been. But, um, and then mo- I should say that most people have been, um, yeah. And I still, to this day, I think it's fantastic that. Yeah, well, you just disclaimed Domino's a little bit, but Domino's and McDonald's are still places you go when you've been to Michelin star restaurants all over the world. Yeah. So they, mean, I, they have their place. Well, yeah, and I think the the food can be, for at least for me, I mean, I, it's tasty. What are you, you going to do? I mean, it's tasty, and, uh, I mean, and, and McDonald's cheap. is very reasonably priced. Well, I don't know about well, I, what I order at McDonald's is reasonably priced. There are some things that shockingly, I'm like, I, I, you know, I, if you order a, like a quarter pounder, I don't remember what quarter pounders were like. What, what are they like? Dollar eighty nine? 
back in the day? No, no, no. They were always in the two to three dollar range. That was my thing. Quarter pounder with cheese, and now they're up at five, right? Five, they, six. They might be more. Then, I don't know. I, I just. But what's crazy is what the fries are now. What are the so? I don't. The fries are like to start at like three bucks or two fifty, uh, three dollars. That you can't. They used to have fries on the on the value menu for a buck or something. You can't get that, but you can get them on the app for that. They'll have them on the app. What? So I d- I doubt many people are listening to this podcast to get this information, but I find it humorous. Anyway, yeah, I will say this. So I was in I was in um, where was I in Madrid last year. And of course, there's great food there. And I was on my way to the train station and I had limited time. So I thought, I'm walking right by McDonald's. And I said, oh, let me go in and try my sausage biscuit here in Madrid. Oh, God. It took 15 minutes to make and it was, the, it was horrible. It wasn't anything like the United States sausage biscuit. So, Well, let me give a shout you know, out. Let me give a shout out to McDonald's on the Champs-Élysées in Paris, France. Went in. There you got, go. Got a burger. There's outside seating, sat outside, ate my burger in front of the Arc de Triomphe on the Chance. And uh, I think I actually took a picture of it. And, you know, it was, I, I enjoyed it, you know, McDonald's in Paris. There you go. It's not on your, ta- but it's not on your top 10. No. It's already <laughs> in Paris. McDonald's. You going to get back to Paris or anywhere soon? Or are you still in the I, mode I just, where you're not going anywhere? Yeah, it's like that was my life once. And now that it's, it's when, when I was on a plane every week, that's one thing. That was my life. But now that I'm not, it's hard for me to get actually get the energy to actually want to get on a plane to go somewhere. Um, but just once in a while, you don't have to you don't have to obsess with it like you did before. You can just get out twice a year. Yeah. Once or twice a year. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Any place you want to go that you haven't been? That's a good question. Uh I mean, in a in a perfect world, it would be nice to go to Noma before it closes, but I don't think I'll I'm not gonna go. I'm in any city. You've oh, been any, there. Oh, co- co- oh that that I have not been to? That I have not been to. Yes. Right. No, not really. No, I've been to wherever I want to go. <laughs> you need to put the map together for yourself so we can all see where you've been. Oh. So that way, when you want to complain to someone, a restaurant owner, about their food, you can just also say, this is my, this is my cred right here. You just send a picture of the map. Or, or I can <laughs> say I've been to 255 one-star restaurants, 100 two-star restaurants, and 56 three restaurants star Three Michelin star restaurants of the current rosters of all three. I did have to count them. 56? 56 out of 142, so that's 41%. Have you ever done the math to figure out what you spent to go to those no, Michelin star restaurants? No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> and some of those you've been back to multiple times, well, right? Yeah. Or do, does, well, that count, does that count in the count? That does not count. It's like, I've the, been to Manresa 20 times. That was one. That was, so that, that counts was once. One. And Dominique oh, Crenn 20 times. It only counts as one. So I think I'm up to I think I'm at with three star I think maybe I'm at three or four but I haven't really spent the time to figure it out but um, yeah I'm going back to one in, within a month but one that I've been to this will be the fourth trip El Sar de Conroca to Azerme, Azermend, yeah Azermende. oh Azermende. you've been to El Sar de Conroca yeah. um, I've been to Conroca yeah 
and I know tickets. I don't think that was three star. It was one star. Um, right, that was one star. But I've been somewhere else in. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it's only two that I. But you know what? These days, so much doesn't come to mind. So there's disparate things. I met two. I met someone who came over the other night to my house. I had a guest here, was an ex-husband, and um, he came in and said, oh, yeah, you know, you and I spent hung out together. I know you. I know this. And I can remember any of it. It's, it's kind of sad, man. <laughs> so, so there are restaurants. There are food experiences that probably I've forgotten that I can't remember. And I'm notorious for two weeks after I go somewhere, I can't recall all the dishes you're very good at that or at least you put them on instagram so you can you have something to trigger right yourself i don't put every dish i eat on instagram i'm kind of of the mindset that people are inundated with food shots and i personally don't see much food that i think oh i gotta have that anymore i'm more interested in the the vibe and the atmosphere shots than i am the oh, actual I, I, food shots i only these post days. probably 20 percent of my pictures i i have have 40 50,000 shots that most of us i mean all, m- most of the dishes at least through 2012 are on Flickr, but that's private no one can see those except for me and so let me ask, that's a good question i've often thought this how much time do you put into posting with all the tags and and you write you know the nice captions I mean, it's crazy how much time you must spend doing that. I don't have the patience for that. I, I need to find somebody. Can I employ you to do my <laughs> Instagramming and TikToking? I can't. I don't have the patience for it. it I do. I do two to three. Well, in, but it, well, way back when I was traveling so much, that's different. But nowadays, it's maybe it's, uh, it doesn't take. It's like one a day, one or two a day, and it takes like five minutes. It, 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 so do you have do you have something that pulls up all the hashtags? Because that's yeah, where I, I get I do lost. I just, I just hit. I How just, does that work? You go to you go to i. I don't think visitors. I mean, I don't think listeners really care. But it's iPhone text replacement. You go. You have a, a like optional word to use like AAA. And when you, when you type in AAA, you have hashtags come up automatically. Like I have like ten hashtags on a. Is that an automatic thing with an iPhone? Pardon? Is that an automatic thing with an iPhone? That it does that, or is it an app or something no, that you, you need go, to you sign up for? Go on the iPhone settings, go to text replacement, right? And there you just oh. there's an option you can just use to create a, a, a hashtag chain that I use. Yeah, so. some of mine come up sometimes when I press hashtag and then G Golden Doodle will come up sometimes. Yeah, sure. yeah, but yeah, then yeah. there's like, but then there's sixteen. If I really want to get out there, there's Golden Doodle, Golden Doodles of Insta, Golden Doodle. You know, there's so it's hard to do, and I get frustrated. I'm kind of old school. I'm glad I grew my followings before algorithms came into play because I have a nice following on Portland Food Adventures. But I I feed everybody not so much food stuff anymore. A little bit. But there's food stuff interspersed with dog and landscape of the Oregon coast because it's what I like to shoot and post. Well, just so. just Google hashtag text replacement iPhone and then it'll show you how to do it. It's okay. simple, really simple. And for anybody who's listening now, if I, I would be amenable to talking to someone about a part-time, very part-time gig <laughs> helping out Portland Food Adventures and the podcast with uh, a little bit of social media work. And so that, that would be helpful. I've realized I'm just not 
it's not my thing. And um, I'm probably missing some opportunities for sure. But we do generally sell out trips. So that's what I'm, from a business standpoint, most interested in. And we have a lot of listeners for Right at the Fork, thankfully. Now that every single person in the world has a podcast, what happened to your podcast? Oh, we just stopped doing it. He, I mean, it was just one. That's like everybody. That's why we're doing yeah. okay because we've kept yeah. it going for 10 years now. Right. Yeah. You just, so, you just hung in there. I mean, you're the longest running uh, po- food podcast in Portland by far. Um, oh, yeah. There's no, I, that I'm pretty sure of. There's nobody that can make that claim. So many have tried and they go, they you know they do hard. it once a month. Yeah. And that's, it's, 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 it, yeah. Well, we have a routine down and honestly, it, um, I used to put confessing. I used to put a lot more time into each interview where I'd, you know, I know. Put a, have a list of ten things I wanted to ask. Yeah. And now it's more. I feel like it's, I'll I'll write down three, or I'll have in mind three, and just have a conversation. And I should probably have a list, and that way I avoid going to tipping. So that's how it. When I, when I'm just like free flowing, I end up there, and I have to apologize to listeners for that. So and I'm your Joey Bishop. Anyway. You know why I call, why I'm calling myself your Joey Bishop. Yeah, because you've been on more than anybody else. So that and that is Johnny Carson used to have. Didn't he have Joey Bishop on more than anyone else? One hundred seventy-seven times. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so I would bet that ninety-nine percent of listeners don't know who Joey have never heard of Joey Bishop. You are correct. And I'm going to say this is crazy, but probably I'd say fifty percent. Wouldn't know who Johnny Carson is. You are correct. I would imagine you're correct. Yeah. That's a sad thing. Things are, you know, think about it. That was, uh, when did he go off the air? In the early 90s. So that's 30 years ago. I know. And he was on for 20-something. And just the idea, look how old Conan O'Brien is now. And I remember when he was the fresh new guy. And uh, do you, did you ever watch The Daily Show? I find it interesting. I, I, I love I, I how Trevor Noah bowed out. I, 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 so, did, I didn't. I never watched The Daily Show. You and John Stewart. Um, I love John Stewart. And, um, and then I learned to like Trevor Noah. And I loved the way he bowed out. But the fact that he only went seven years and said, all right, that's enough for me. I'm going on to something else is awesome. That leads me to one last question before we go. Do you watch a lot of the... The food shows, Stanley Tucci. Uh, I just ran across Eva Longoria in Mexico. She's doing, Stanley Tucci is producing her uh, searching, what is it called? Searching for Mexico? Yeah, something like that. Same thing that he did in Italy, they're doing in Mexico now. And she's doing it. And I read a very interesting article um, about food shows that are hosted by celebrities, Uh that it's very hard for the celebrity not to take over the show. Uh, uh, who is, who's doing one now? The guy from uh, oh, Best in Show. Yeah, Why I, can't I think of him? Le- Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Eugene Levy. The Reluctant Traveler. Yeah. And, on Apple TV. Yeah, Plus. The Reluctant Traveler. It's actually, you know, it's entertaining to watch, but I came to that same conclusion after four episodes. This is more about him than, everything, than anything else. Now, the locations are interesting. The food, how much can you say about food other than, ooh, this is delicious, delicious. and eat it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do, I have found that, it, you know, those shows, the only ones I thought that pull it off 
beautifully or pulled it off were Anthony Bourdain and Rick Steves. I just love, I think those shows were genuine. They invented the genre and everybody else is trying to be kind of copycats and not be them from that doesn't mean I don't enjoy some of those shows, but I mean, I just watch Bourdain and think, man, that guy, it's such a shame, such a tragedy, but I still, I just started watching, uh, parts unknown again for the first time since he, he left us. And, uh, Boy, it's so good. I'll be, it's I'll be honest. Do you watch those? No, I, I don't watch any of those shows. I, I'll occasionally watch Steve's because he's on, you know, PBS, and just, I'll just flip on Seven Ten, and there'll be Rick Steve's. So I'll just end up watching it. I just, I just doesn't. I don't. I don't know if I really want. I don't know. It just doesn't really resonate with me. Those shows. I've had so, I've. I'll tell you what. Like anything else, I from Rick Steve's and I guess Bourdain, but mainly Rick Steve's. I have located cities to which I've traveled and just thought, wow, thank you. It's, they've been great. So just watching some of his, there's a Fusen in Germany. I never would have found that if it weren't for Rick Steves. And it was one of, it's a little gem, man, in the, pretty far away from Munich. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great little gem. And so anyway, I think I really respect what that guy has done and doing what I do. And so he's, you know, up to level thousand. I'm at level one or two. So, um, I'm not even on the level with, I can't even, but I look at what he does and I just can't believe how much he's accomplished and, um, you know, what he brings to people, the joy he brings to people. Anyway, that's that. Jo- same thing with you, Gary. You are the closest thing we have to those guys in Portland, right? So be. if you follow you on Instagram, yeah, but at least in Portland, you're still getting out there and you're helping oh, yeah. people yeah, in yeah, the Portland, Por- yeah, sure. Portland food world. Yeah. Um, you are doing that. I mean, I used to, about. I think. That's what your listeners care about. Portland, yes, care that's about what they care LA about. Yeah. Yeah, well, some of them do, but generally speaking, if you're going to go through a list of we have of great places in L.A., we have to we have to entitle it that right. way so people can find it by searching. Um, but at any rate, so thank you. I really appreciate your taking the time. Always, it's always a treat, and you know that when we look at our numbers, your episodes do very well. Thank you. So um, there's there's a reason for that. Everybody wants to know what, where you're going and what you're doing, and um, I really appreciate it. And I would like to go out for a meal with you. The last, speaking of, do you, can you remember the last time we dined together? Now, I might have forgotten one, as I just pointed out, but I remember the last time we went out. Ava Jeans. That's it for brunch. Yeah. So that was a while ago. I think that was just after I met Renee. So it was four, maybe four years ago, something like that. Oh, yeah. Tell, by the way, tell, uh, tell Renee hi. I don't know if your listener, listeners really care, but tell Renee hi. She listens. Okay. Well, you can tell her hi. She's, she's, she's one of the listeners of <laughs> okay, this podcast. Great. She actually hi, brings it to my attention. Hi, she, she always says to me, I listen to this and I think it's great. That's a great girlfriend, by the yeah. way, who can listen she's to great. this. After, after listening to me on, you know, when we're together, to still want to listen to my voice is pretty crazy, but you know, she's, uh, she's great. And do you remember, did you meet when we were at Ava Jean's Joan and Jerry? Yeah. I think when we were there, was that on my way out? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're, they, they're still living in San Sebastian and they're still friends. I'm going to see them at the end of the month. They were some of the best, the coolest people in Portland who went out a lot of places and they had a beautiful home, which just sold very unique home on division. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, they got out a lot, but they're, they're the opposite of you. You never saw them on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. <laughs> they are very understated and didn't really talk about it too much. But at any rate, I will uh, tell them you said hi. And, of course, I don't need to tell Renee you said hi. Is there anybody else you want to say hi to? And that way we can tag them to make sure they listen. Well, I just want to thank all the listeners. I I just want to thank all the listeners for, you know, listening to my episode. So if you've made it this far, this far in the episode, thank you so much for everyone who listened to this episode. Thank you. So Ryan and Elena, I'm jealous that you get to go out to eat with them as much as you do at Notoguro. And I'm feeling a little bit bad that I that I just said, you know, I haven't been able to get there and why. Um, but want to do that. But they understand. So I what mean, are you trying to tell me? Sure. They all understand. I mean. Yeah, no, but they're some of the nicest people yeah. ever. So you have a, you have some really cool friends mostly in the chef world do you have many friends that aren't in the chef world in yeah, Portland? yeah I, I i go i go out to eat with them too occasionally occasionally okay so this is this is who we see anyway all right man i think you were just giving me the signal no, no. like you have to no, go i was, just, I was so, just looking at the market that's all the s&p is down 21 okay yeah well i'm looking at i have this little thing called the tidbit and the euro the dollar is way down today versus the euro and I get to see that every day, and that impacts me when we take trips. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Um, the ISM was in was down to fifty one versus expectations of fifty four. But that's another thing. You know, people. Aren't why is that? What? What's going? What's going on with the market? Is it down right now? Is that why you're very antsy over there? Well, yeah, <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm, 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 I'm watching I'm, you I'm, squirm. I'm, I'm short the Nasdaq, and I'm short the Russell two thousand. I'm making a lot of money right now, so I'm happy. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, so that's why you didn't want to go out to lunch with me because you didn't want to spend the money that you're making in the market on lunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, All right. Thank, thank you, Chris, once again. All right. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right